The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Throughout history, dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. Our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artist Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for The Power of Radical Imagination, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of hope. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome back for another episode. I'm so excited because I'm surrounded by spirits and the show is just beginning. We're in the middle of a thunderstorm here in South Carolina. I used to be a little freaked out when we'd have lightning storms after my stepdaughter was killed by lightning. I got over the fear part. There's no fear whatsoever anymore. But now I feel like it's just a, a sound of the power of the light and just a reminder to all of us that, that we're all connected. I, it's kind of strange to make that transition. So my guest today, Lee Smith, began talking to his wife's soul as she went down the journey of dementia. I tuned in just a minute ago to see if Julie is with us, and I had her, this image of her showing me bracelets and all kinds of rings, and I got the goosebumps already because Lee confirmed that in her dementia, she started hiding all her jewelry. She was afraid that everybody was taking it from her, and she shows up a minute ago saying, I've got all my jewelry back. I had no idea. That's very awesome. So, Lee, welcome to the show. Thank you. Real pleased to be here. Well, we're just going to dive into this story, but let's begin by going back to the fact that you and Julie were both therapists, psychologists, right? Or, or are you psychologists or therapists or what's the wording? Therapists, therapists. Julie was actually uh, spent her whole career being, uh, you know, initially a teacher, then into social work and counseling, uh, running all kinds of programs for women and children, building uh, shelters, women's shelter in California, children's shelter in Key West. Uh, she was always about uh, helping women and children in particular. And towards the end of her career, we all we switched to uh, become therapists working in private practice. Okay. So, did yeah. you did either of you have any patients who had dementia? Oh yes. Yeah, we both did. So you know, we knew, um, and she knew there was a possibility of the dementia in her family. Um, so, you know, we knew that was a possibility. We both work with patients and yeah, um, you know, for me, I thought, yeah, I, I know how to handle this. I, I didn't have a clue until I got into it, but you know, we'll get wow. into it. <laughs> so I, one of the books that, that I've written is called The Real Alzheimer's. I really knew nothing about it, but one of my neighbors was going through the travails of being a caregiver for her husband with Alzheimer's. And she wanted me to let people know the the travails that caregivers go through. And so I didn't have to learn about Alzheimer's. I interviewed the couples and I know that you had a really rough road, but what was it like for you when you both found out that she had Alzheimer's and, and you had to discuss what lay ahead? Well, it was difficult for her to, uh, to talk about it, which was interesting. I mean, you know, being a, a therapist, uh, she wasn't a very good patient at all. Um, and I think a lot of it was just, you know, really fear driven because she knew 
kind of what was coming. At times she didn't know what was happening to her. And she would say that she just didn't know what was happening. Her, her brain started going through changes. And I think she found that in, in her work. So it was a matter of, you know, trying to keep up with the changes. Um, and, you know, from, from my standpoint, I knew, you know, I was going to have to be the caregiver and that was, that was great. And it was fine. Well, it wasn't fine. <laughs> Go ahead. I can hear her right now. She just said, if I had known what I know now, I wouldn't have been afraid. Very nice. Oh, beautiful. Very nice. Beautiful. So, don't everybody lose hope on this show that it's going to be depressing. And I mean, it's very hard to make this topic uplifting, but it's how Lee learned to deal with it that is really the inspirational part. So how long ago was this that she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's? This is back, uh, she was seven, eight years ago. So, you know, back in about 2014 or so. And, you know, initially, of course, you can't diagnose Alzheimer's. They just diagnosed mild cognitive decline. Uh, that's the other side of it, too. You know, she was referred to a neurologist. She went twice and said, I'm, not, I'm never going back again. She did not want the feedback on what was happening to her brain. She would refuse to do MRIs on her brain. Uh, she didn't want that feedback. So, you know, again, uh, not a very cooperative patient, but it was the fear that was driving it. That was the that was the key kind of ingredient with this. And of course, dealing with that was is very challenging. Um, for my standpoint, it's like- I have you know, to interrupt you because for some reason she's making a gagging motion right now as if she either suffered with nausea or it was sickening to her. That's how- Well, it was, it was. She, it's like, you know, I could see the fear in her eyes and, and in her posture and her facial expressions. You know, she didn't really want to talk about it, which, you know, as a therapist, we know that helps, but she just didn't want to do that. She was dealing with it herself. And she, I think that's how or why it came out in a lot of the erratic behaviors initially. Okay. Um, we'll touch on that, but I want to get some timelines straight. When were you introduced to my work as a spirit communicator? Well, the first time was actually uh, at a IANDS conference in Orlando. So that was like, what, four or five years ago, at least. That's funny because I'm getting on a plane tomorrow to go speak at an IANDS conference. <laughs> yeah, uh, I saw that. I thought, good, good timing. So, okay, I mean, so then, you were already on this journey. You already knew she had dementia when you were, attended that conference. Yes, we, we knew it was coming. And she was already starting to experience some of the, you know, the initial uh, phasia, the, the loss of memories of certain things. The, the loss of executive function, the ability to remember how to do things, um, you know, not, not remembering how to use a cell phone, any phone, uh, the computer skills went out the window, you know, all kinds of things. Just it's, it's you know, slow. They happened over time, uh, which is pretty normal. Yeah, but then you get the behaviors of the paranoia and uh, other things that were happening. So at the time when you attended the IANS conference, and for those of you who don't know, that's International Association of Near-Death Experiences, Near-Death Studies. Um, hmm, I need to take an aside here. Why did you attend a conference on near-death studies at that well, time? Well, we, we have both been interested in um, psychic studies. We were both graduates of the uh, Berkeley Psychic Institute back in the 80s. So we've been doing this work for a long time. We chose to do what I would call normal jobs, but using our, our psychic abilities, our intuitive abilities to, to enhance our own ability to do the jobs, which seemed to work very well. And she wasn't comfortable being out with, you know, what she knew how to do, but she was very, very capable. Oh, no wonder she's communicating clearly right now then. Okay. <laughs> if, you're, if, you, if you can do this while you're here, it's, you become a really ex excellent communicator once you pass. Quicker, quicker than most. So you initially reached out to me by email. I remember very clearly because I don't hear from many men and then you talking about your wife. Would you take me back to why you reached out in the first place? Well, the initial uh, emails I recall was you had said something about if you know somebody is behaving a certain way, whatever the reason, you know, if you can accept who they are as they are and send them unconditional love, it changes the whole experience. And, you know, it clicked with me because I was having problems with Julie and her behaviors. Um, you know, so it was all over the place. So, but it's, when I heard that, I started doing that. Whenever 
I got frustrated or agitated because I got triggered a lot too initially. That's the other thing about this is you you have to be ready to walk in the mirror, basically, because everything you say or do is reflected back to you. You know, a person with dementia has no filters. Oh so if she liked something I was doing, uh, great. If she didn't, I heard about it. And she would often say, you know, where's the other Lee? I like him better. You know, where's so there's, the other Lee? Ooh. Ooh, that gets her attention. Well, it's the reflection of, okay, I said or did something that she doesn't like. You know, but there no were a lot of- Because the, the, the woman that you know has changed so much and she, you, you start to grieve early as I understand, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's and, a big part of it. And then she's displaying behaviors that we don't consider normal and not all of them pleasant. And it, you, you'd have to be a saint not to react I can assure you, yeah, I wasn't a saint. <laughs> no, that, that was the, you know, what I started to see was that was the opportunity for me to look at my behavior and how it affected her. Because I realized, you know, things would happen and I, I, I you know, backtracked, okay, what happened? It's I triggered the, the episodes. So I was triggering things because well, think, of my own. But I just made a note of what you said is very interesting because of the dementia, she had no filters. So that shows you that we are always projecting our stuff on other people, but because the recipient has filters, they can be polite or not react in kind or react in kind, but she was just mirroring you all the time. Wow. Well, she, you know, she was the kind of person too, I mean, very kind and, and, and generous with you know, the people she was working with. But, you know, that's what changed with the progression of the dementia was, yes, there were no filters. So everything that happened was all about her. Um, you know, we'd go into, I was taking her to her nail appointments, for example, you know, years ago before it got too bad. But she'd be sitting there listening to conversations and then inserting herself in those. And I remember one time coming out and she's mad at me as all, and she's just furious with me. It's like, what's going on? And she said, why didn't you tell me you had two babies? And I'm thinking, what happened? She was listening to a conversation, you know, thinking they were talking about her and me uh, in the conversation. So she was picking that up. So she's, you know, concluding everything in her experience. And it's all about, it was all about her. So, you know, trying to manage that sometimes was very difficult, but it gave me the chance to look at, okay, how do I, how do I deal with this? And it really is, again, back to your point of respond with love, you know, accept her for who she is and where she is, you know, in 10 minutes from that, she'll forget about it. All right. So that's phase one of your strategy here that, that unfolded. I love that you, you took this spiritual path. I love that you were already aware that there's something more that we were not just these bodies that you had certain intuitive abilities. We're using them in your work. So now you're practicing being unconditional love to her, no matter how she responded, just being your true self. But then phase two, I believe is when you began talking to her soul. Tell us how you got that idea, how that came about. Well, I came up with actually another one of your uh, monthly connections. You had had was was talking about. If I could know. just interrupt a second. What Lee's talking about is every month I do a webinar. We call it the monthly connection. It's for anybody. It's online, of course, and I always give the latest teaching from my guides. It's always always new. Next one is September. Next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. So you were attending one of those about how long ago? Uh, I think about a couple of years ago. I don't remember exactly, but, you know, you had, had talked about being able to or having someone with dementia drop in on you in a reading. And as soon as you said that, it clicked with me. It's like, well, if you can communicate with somebody who has dementia, why don't I do that? I mean, Julie and I had pretty good uh, intuitive communication anyway. We were both pretty telepathic in that respect. So I started doing that in my meditation. Let me interrupt a second. So I just want to clarify, you heard me say that somebody had asked him, what about the souls of people who have dementia? And the answer has always been the same since I discovered that when I talk to a soul who has passed, who had dementia, they let me know right away they had dementia. They say all clear now. They show me it was foggy, but all clear now. And right away, my clients say, yes, 
they had dementia. But the question had come up, could we talk to somebody who hasn't yet passed, who's still in their body? Could we talk to their soul? That, that was what came up. And of course we can, because connecting with souls across the veil is the same as connecting with souls here. It's all soul to soul communication. So go ahead. Well, that, that's what started it. I started to really kind of experiment with what's the best way to do this? Because, and then I just started including it in my, my daily meditation because every morning I was trying to keep that space for myself. And it's I, really- Have you taken any of my classes or, or just through the monthly yeah. connection, learn some tricks, oh, techniques? Well, yes, you would, some of the courses you did at um, Unity in the Villages and when you brought in Mavis Patilla, um, you know, so we, we had attended a lot of those and we had taken, and of course I've been taking your courses online too for several years. Okay, and the point being that you don't have to be a medium to learn how to connect soul to soul. So you knew that you needed to go into meditation. We don't have to go into a deeper state, but tell us how you did it and what happened. Well, I, I go into you know, meditation and, and basically it's making that shift of, of consciousness from physical to what I would call looking through the eyes of your soul, basically. Uh, you know, sitting in the silence of your heart and listening. Because, it, you know, if you don't listen, you can't really hear. And I, I wasn't sure how Julie would react to what I was doing. And the other point about this, too, is it has to be done. You know, your intention when you do this has to be for the for the greater good. Everything has to be done for the greater good. You're a if good you, student. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't do it to to control or manipulate somebody else. That That's does true. not work. You know, and I knew <laughs> I know from you know 40 years with Julie that. She would not respond to that well physically, much less as a spirit. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I knew that wasn't going to. But it was about sending her, you know, love and asking her, you know, what she needed for herself. Because her behavior up to that point, as I said earlier, was was very erratic in, in, in many different ways. And I, and I won't go into that. But it, it was clear I needed something that would help me uh, when I get triggered or aggravated to the point of, you know, Yes, I, I had trouble controlling my own emotions at times, but that was my opportunity to learn. With her, it was about, all right, what can I do to make life better for you, basically? I love that. And, so this is not just for your own peace of mind. This is, I want to connect with Julie's soul to see how I can, she's, she's perturbed. She seems erratic and upset. How can I give her comfort? So well, that was that was the key for me because I could see physically the fear that she was experiencing, and she wasn't talking to me about it. And then, of course, at some point, she lost the cognitive ability to, to even articulate what she was feeling. Um, you know, she would be dimension hopping all the time. So you know, she'd be when you know one part of the house holding a workshop or a class with a whole room of people. You know, giving them directions, giving them assignments. And if I walked into the room, I'd be pulled into the class and given an assignment too. So this is an, this is her experience in her mind, not an actual class. Yeah. yeah. Well, it it was her experience, but see, I think that's what we do as a soul. We have the ability to to hop between dimensions. Yeah. And people with dementia, that's what they do. Now, you know, medical establishment would say, well, it, they're just hallucinating. It's like no. They're experiencing that. It may not be in this reality, but it is in a parallel reality for them. That is such a key point. I hope everybody's listening clearly. It, what is a hallucination? Well, it means you're not focused on this reality, but ex all of life is made up of experience. Was it, was it helpful to her? Was it harmful? If it's harmful, we want to help her through that. But the souls have always told me throughout that whole journey, my soul was fine. Well, that's, the, that's what I started to see was as soon as I started going into meditation and communicating with her telepathically, she became happy. She came, became more content. The behaviors subsided. Now, there were still times when she might get triggered by something, usually something I said or did, unfortunately. But, you know, that, again, my opportunity is to look at what I'm saying and doing. Um, but it, it was real clear. It made a huge difference in her response. And I feel, I feel, I got, I have goosebumps now because if y'all weren't paying attention till now, I hope that made you sit up. Look at this. Lee goes into meditation with the goal of helping his 
wife not suffer through the dementia. He connects with her soul to soul and he has visible evidence of her being happier, more calm, that it's on at the human level, it's making a difference. That is phenomenal. Yeah, it really was. I mean, my my experience with it, I was really kind of amazed. I was so pleased that I, I felt like I had something I could actually do that made a difference. Because, you know, going through the experience, especially the early on with the dementia, as a caregiver, you, you learn you have to let go of everything. You know, you have to find some some mental refuge someplace within yourself yep. because there's, it's constant. It's 24 seven. So there's there's no there's no respite really from that. There um, is. but you And you found it. It is through going beyond the story, which is within where there's the part of you that has no story. You had already found that because you were already a seasoned meditator. I want to recommend anybody that's new to this, check out my sip of the divine video, a way to just start with silencing the mind, a three minute practice every day. But I can hear everybody. I always can hear those who are paying attention during the shows. And so many people are saying, how do you do that? How do you do that? Now you'd taken my courses, but give us a, just a brief, uh, snapshot of your, you want to go talk to Julie's soul, just walk us through the steps. Sure. Well, you know, and let me just say, give you a plug. Your, your meditations you have on your website are excellent for getting in the, you know, the practice of meditating. So I would recommend that. They're all free. I'd recommend that to everybody, but getting into, you know, communicating with Julie, uh, you know, I have been doing that for years of getting into basically for me, it's just taking that deep breath and exhaling way beyond what you take in. Uh, I start with gratitude. Thank you, God. And God for me is not, you know, nothing to do with religion. It's simply the the creator of everything we have, basically. So that works. As soon as I say, thank you, God, I make that shift in my consciousness and I'm there. So it's pretty quick. Again, a lot of years of practice that helps. Um, but I, I also, you know, play with a little bit of how do you, how do you communicate to somebody? And, there, and with therapy, there's a technique called the empty chair exercise, basically, where if you want to, you know, practice uh, saying something to somebody, or if you want to be introduced to your spirit guides, or if you want to, you know, communicate to somebody who has dementia, you visualize them sitting in that chair. And that's and what I do in my readings. I have a chair that I see right here, and I say, "Okay, you guys, come sit here." And they actually do. <laughs> well, that, that's what Julie works. Yeah. Like this, she's fixing her hair. <laughs> Well, it, it helps. I think it helps for people to have a, a visual that they can use and the chair, having somebody sit down. To me, it, it occupies the brain at the same time. So you're giving your brain something to, to do while you are creating that mental image of that person and then communicating. And now, again, are your it, eyes open or closed? Are you looking at that chair or? or? Uh, my eyes are closed when I'm in meditation. It, it's just easier for me. I mean, I've done it with my eyes open in some instances. Actually, with one, you know, if I would get triggered by something Julie said or did, I immediately had to go back into a meditative state of, okay, breathe, you know, uh, start looking through the eyes from, from a soul perspective and, and ground so that, you know, you're not being affected by whatever the drama is, is popping up. So it's like a, an instant uh, way of reacting. And that's the other thing with this too, is it's like I had to retrain my reactions to things. So that's rewiring the brain, getting rid of the old reactive synapses that weren't appropriate. And, you know, Julie was pointing that out every step of the way. Yeah, but so, the beauty is you realize you have that ability. You made that choice. This is conditioned human behavior to react a certain way. And with, with awareness, you can affect so much positive change. And you're just the, a beautiful example of that, Lee. Well, thank you. I, it really was, you know, changing my perspective to to a different level, really. Um, and yeah, I've been aware of that ability for a while, but I was I was never <laughs> I was never given the opportunity to practice it on a daily basis, you know, to the extent that that this required. But it really is a thing that saved, it kind of saved my sanity, I think, because I, I reached the point many times where. Uh, okay, I'm done. I can't, I can't handle anymore. I just, you know, I just want to run away from home basically. Have and, you, you know, promised her that that she would stay at home till the end? Yes, I did. And that's the thing. That's one thing we were be able to talk about early on was, 
you know, I, I did promise you, you'll be at home for as long as it takes, you know, and I, in, in the back of my mind, I'm going, oh, wow, can I, can I do that? You know, can I really make that promise and keep it? And it was, you know, I've done, I've done a lot of different jobs over the years. This was the hardest job I've ever done because of that. It was like, okay, I promised to do it, but I had no idea how really hard it would be to do. Wow. Throughout history, dreamers have opened the door for positive change that reshapes the world. Our dreams and stories can also attract individual prosperity and success. Join creative artist Valerie June, Aisha Ophelia, Jacqueline Suskin, and Sarah Walco for The Power of Radical Imagination, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Ignite your radical imagination and cultivate positive change. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. So how often did you talk to her? Daily? Uh, as needed? Well, you know, it was part of my daily meditation because I would, you know, she was, she was a night owl. So she would be up a lot of times all night. Well, at night she was all mine. You know, I had some help during the day, which was nice, but so I'm, you know, trying to sleep with one ear open, uh, what a friend of mine calls mom's ears, because that's yeah. what moms do, you know, yeah, right. sleep that way. Um, but it was, you know, as things came up, that's the other thing I did with this, too, was I started using uh, my guides, her spirit guides. It's like, OK, you guys watch her while I'm sleeping. And if something happens, you wake me up. Is that great? Would you pause there a second? Did you all catch that? This man has figured it out. You are not alone. None of us are alone on our journey. And we want to talk about spirit guides for a minute. Well, I have another question. I got to write it down before I forget. All right. My mind is just racing. This is such good stuff. Hear her back. Okay. So spirit guides, are you going on faith that they're here or had you had experiences with them? Did you just simply trust that they're going to help you with this? Tell me your background with your guides. Well, a little bit of everything, I guess, because I my initial work with with guides was uh, working with healing masters, uh, doing healings, uh, doing uh, aura readings, that kind of stuff, uh, and working on and off with spirit guides through the various jobs that we had. And Julie was very capable of this too. So you know, and this when this started to happen. I kind of forgot that they were there, which, you know, I just got caught up in the drama, That's right. which is easy to do. And when I when I started hitting, you know, the, the block walls uh, every every so often, like, you know, once a day, usually for a while, um, you know, it's like I need some help here. And it's like then it clicked. Oh, my spirit guides. OK. So I started including them in my meditation. And then I realized, you know, like when I'm sleeping at night, I, I can't I, I don't I'm not getting enough sleep and I was starting to wear myself out. So I thought, how do I, how do I deal with this? And then, then you know, somebody whispers in my ear, you know, spirit guides, spirit guides. Uh -huh. So yes. So I asked her spirit guides, you know, keep a track of her. And, you know, it happened, only happened a couple of times. One, one time in particular, she was sitting in a bar stool. We have a, a pub table in, our, in our, one of our living room areas and she was falling asleep on a bar stool. You know, she she would have fallen off that uh, very easily. And, and when I got woken up, it's like, I don't know what it is, but I went you know, running out to the living room and I could see she was about ready to fall off the chair. And so I got her, you know, and, and, and laid her down and took care of her that way. But, yeah, it was those kinds of things. The other time this was early on where she she did not cook at all, but she really wanted me to teach her how to cook, you know, when she had dementia, which, oh. you know, try to do that. But she had put something on the stove uh, in a glass. It was in a glass uh, dish, which should have been fine, except it wasn't. It exploded all over the stove. Hmm. So, you know, I caught that quick enough, thanks to the spirit guides. And, you know, turned the stove off at the circuit breaker. So no more. Smart. I, and that's what I did every night from that night on was turn, turn everything off, basically. So people who are new to this might say, well, you just happened to wake up then. But you got that nudge. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, people can argue about uh, whether this works or not, but I, I know it worked for me. So uh, I'm not here to convince anybody of anything. No, that's um, it. You just share your experience and hopefully people say, well, I'll give it a try. So well, that's the thing. Go ahead. Well, my question that I wrote <laughs> earlier, because I didn't want to forget it, is you're talking to her soul in your chair, your empty chair there. Did you sense her back? 
And if so, how and how did that unfold? How did I do what? what was it a two-way conversation? Did you did you oh. feel her soul answering you back in meditation? Yes. Uh, well, you know, what's interesting is uh, when I first started this, what I got back was kind of like a smiley face of, aren't you cute? You know, uh, which it just cracked me up because it's like, okay, I know you're getting this, but you're also messing with me. And she would do that. She liked to tease. So, you know, sometimes she would be doing things and I, I would I even ask her, it's like, okay, or, is this for real or are you just messing with me? And she, you know, sometimes she would admit it and sometimes she wouldn't. So sometimes, you know, the communication was two way, but only when she chose to. Huh. When, when it came time for, you know, getting into the hospital and hospice, I got a lot of two way communication then. Which, we'll dig into that in a second, but I have to tell you, she won't leave me alone, and I can't figure out why she's doing this, but she's repeatedly making a motion of drinking water, drinking water, and pointing away at you. So either you need to drink more water, or you've been drinking a lot more, and she wants to bring that up. You get that? Yeah, I, I have been, and she, she did a lot of drinking water herself. So, you know, hydrating was important, but, you know, okay. there you I'll go. take that. I'll and take she's that taking a, a necklace and kissing it. There's some feels like a locket or one with the photo in it. She may have had a locket of her mother. I believe she wants me to talk about meeting her mother on the other side, but it's, it's a necklace of her mother's that she had. I don't know if you know that. That's that's something that she was asking for constantly. She, she Her mother passed uh, when she was 69, when, when her mother was 69. So, you know, Julie had wanted to have conversations with her. She had, you know, she sat down and had tea with her in her dream once and was just thrilled with that. But she didn't feel like she had that communication that she wanted. So she was really looking forward to seeing her mother again. Wow. Well, rest assured she has. Very yes. nice. Nice. So where were we going with that then? Uh, let's see. You said she went into hospice. Well, she, we went into hospital first. She had, we had COVID. Both of us had COVID at the same time. Don't know where or how. Uh, last place we went was the doctor's office. So, you know, who knows, but we, I tested her home, found out, you know, we both had COVID. So I put her in the hospital on a Monday and I went in on a Tuesday. This so was we're back both, when it was, the cases were much more severe. Yeah. Yeah. So we both were in the hospital. I'm on the fifth floor. She's on the second floor in ICU. And that's when the communication really started. Uh, I, I was trying to find out, you know, how was she? And then she would pop in on me. First time she popped in on me was like unbelievable. Um, she came in in a full angel regalia with four angels behind her in this glittery pink, green, yellow, I mean, colors she wouldn't normally wear because she normally uh, wore earth tones, but she's, you know, holding the wings out and laughing and said, Hey Lee, how do you, what do you think of this? You know, and what she's telling me is she's fine. You know, her body is down in ICU going through some, you know, some, some tough um, uh, experience, but as a spirit, she was absolutely fine. Now, were you meditating at this time or were you awake? Awake. That was, that was the astounding thing of this. I was awake for, and there were multiple experiences here too, which uh, we can get into, but, you know, I was awake for this, which, you know, again, it's like, oh, wow. I describe just, the, describe how it felt that you knew this was an actual visit. Well, you know, the the energy, I mean, it's hard to put into words. That's the thing with anything spiritually sometimes. Words just don't seem to, but it's the feeling of being filled with total unconditional love, you know, just, just basking in, in love. And that's what I got from her. I don't know who the other angels were with her. I, did, I didn't even look, and I was so really kind of mesmerized by her. And then, you know, that lasted maybe four or five minutes, and then it was gone. So, you know, that was the first time. Um, the second time she came in, she was flashing all of our past lives together, like, you know, like a PowerPoint presentation of, you know, we were together here, we were together here, here, here. It just went on and on and on. Wow. And it was like unbelievable. I just sat there just kind of like, you know, I mean, you, you just can't believe this is happening. Wow. And I'm wondering, is this what, you know, is this the flashing before your eyes that people talk about? But it wasn't me. It was, you know, her showing us the past lives we've had. How so, awesome is that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So 
you said there were a few more. I know we all love these. I could, I eat them up. <laughs> <laughs> well, there were a couple other things that happened too. Um, you know, there came a point where her doctor came to talk to me about, you know, do we put her on uh, a feeding tube and a respirator because she's not responding basically. And we had talked about, you know, no machines. And it's like, oh man, that is probably as a caregiver, I think the hardest decision to make. But she was clear, she did not want that. And it's like, that's not the quality of life that, that she wanted. So I made that decision. And as soon as I did, there was like, you know, the doctor- You made the decision to not have life support, correct? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Uh, as soon as I did that, there, uh, there was this like globe of white light came into the room huh. and it came over, you know, to the bed where I was. And then there were like hundreds of others there and there was this, you know, applause. I could hear actual applause. And I heard this voice say, you know, well done, my good and faithful servant. And I'm thinking, holy cow. I mean, am I, you know, am I hallucinating? I'm starting to think, OK, this this is unreal. But the again, the feeling was just being bathed in this golden light. And, and I got the goosebumps that Julie is shouting, trust this, trust this. <laughs> yeah. You trust it, but everybody else who's listening, you can believe well, it. It's, uh, it's a little, you know, on a human level, it just it blows your mind. It really does. But she what I showed me a, a prison uniform with stripes. And she says, that's what it was like being in that body, like being trapped like a prisoner, but at the same time, free and able to visit you and have these experiences. So it's, she's showing me the dichotomy there. Well, that was the, yeah, that was the, the juxtaposition between, you know, I know she's, her body is down in, in ICU. You know, I'm up here. Her spirit is just out having, having a ball, really, you know. So it's like, you know, I'm dealing with the human drama on one side, dealing with her doctor and all this stuff. And then, you know, her family besides, you know, trying to keep up with all that. And then, you know, she's coming to me showing off, basically. <laughs> yeah. I'm writing another question that just came to my mind. All right. So any other stories there while you were both in the hospital? There's two other ones, basically. <laughs> one, of, one, of, one of which... And I, I didn't, you know, I, what I started to see was all of a sudden there was this looked like a, a black mountain, but a face was coming out of the mountain outlined in orange, bright orange light. And it was drawing me to it. And it didn't, you know, it felt it felt really, um, again, unconditional love. There was no other way to describe it. But as I'm being drawn to it, there's like these thousands of beings coming in creating the path to it. And they're all shouting, the way shower is coming. The way shower is coming. And I'm thinking, what in the world is this? I just, I didn't, I still don't know what that was about, but it was, again, the, the feeling was absolute love, just absolute love. You know, it's like the watchers were, were congratulating me for something. And this was after I had made the decision, you know, to, take Julie off the, so it's like it validated that decision. Yeah. And then she came to me afterwards in the, in the uh, visage of a warrior queen, full suit of armor with the sword, the crown, you know, and, and she was smiling, just radiating pure love. Um, and, you know, about a week or so later, I get an email from Kyle Gray, the angel guy, and he shows a, tarot card of Joan of Arc, and it's the exact same armor and sword and crown that Julie, you know, showed me the week before. Wow. So talk about a God wink. I mean, I'm just, I was but so- But she's excited. telling me right now that she would, that that would not have been her persona while she was here. Well, she she would, no, it, it, that, that's the other thing too. It would not have been because she was not, she didn't want any attention on her for anything she did. She hated attention. You know, she got accolades for a lot of things that she did, but she never liked going to those events because she didn't want to be the center of attention for anything. But, you know, as a spirit, she was just blooming. I mean, the the radiance of every time she showed up was was unbelievable. Well, she says just now she she doesn't mind her story being shared now if it helps others. So thank you for being her voice. 
Well, <laughs> I didn't have a choice. <laughs> so to what do you attribute the fact that you had, you've recounted four, there may have been more really tremendous visions, eyes open, not in meditation, right after you, you know, while she's in the hospital and after you made that, that life-changing decision, other people don't have this quality and quantity of experiences. You know, I think everybody has the ability. It's our awareness that isn't there because, you know, everything we think, every thought we create goes out into the universe. If we're having a conversation with somebody in our head, it's going to them. Now, they may not be telepathically aware of it. They may feel some energy. They may not. If they don't have the awareness, then it just kind of goes to, to dead space, basically. But, you know, between Julie and I, yes, we had we had, you know, really good communication in that respect as spirit. And, so, and so I already, I asked the question knowing the answer. <laughs> you, mean, <laughs> you, you had a meditative practice for over 40 years. You, you, you understood the greater reality. You believed in it. You trusted it. You know, it's real. And so you were just completely this open vessel for these experiences. Well, that's a very good way of putting it out. You know, the experience at the time was, you know, God, I need help. <laughs> you know, I need some help here because I I could feel my own frustration because the aggravation, the irritation, things, things that would pop up, you know, and on a human level, that's what, that's the experience caregivers have. But, you know, when I realized I needed some other way to deal with this, that wasn't, you know, me getting angry. Because if I even showed anger on my face, she was right there, you know, so every, I could, I could not, you know, frown, uh, show anger, you know, show body language in any way that was less than, you know, being there for her because she called me on it. So, and that was, you know, at first, yes, it was very irritating, but, you know, being married to a therapist, I was kind of used to that anyway. <laughs> um, but, you know, it did, it gave me the opportunity to look at how, how am I acting here and reacting that's causing a lot of the problems. And then, then I changed too. So it really was me owning, you know, I, I have to look at what I'm doing here. Yeah. And that was the hardest part of this, to be honest, I think, you know, finding the meditation space, you know, based on being able to communicate with her, that, that really helped. That gave me a tool that was, you know, it was a godsend really. So I, I do want to recommend anybody watching, if you're new to my work, check out my seven steps to connecting with higher consciousness. I call it the bless me method. Bless me is an acronym and that'll walk you step by step how to communicate soul to soul with anyone, whether they're here still in a body or across the veil. You may not have uh, immediate re results like Lee did, but you can get there over time with the dedication to learning how to get centered and silence the mind, right, Lee? I would recommend that to really anybody who's dealing with this kind of thing. I mean, there's so many different, that's the other thing I saw with this too, is there's so many different ways to be able to utilize this, uh, maybe in treatment, you know, maybe maybe in, in just being able to communicate with people because there's so many different kinds of dementia too. Yeah. So it's like, great, you know, give it a try. Um, it just takes a little bit of practice, but really it's more about building your awareness and listening you know, quieting the mind, which everybody seems to have a problem with, yeah. but it works. It does work. So let's just address the angle of when you were talking to Julie soul in your meditation and you noticed positive improvements in her behavior and her peace afterwards. That is just huge. Did you talk to her as Julie or did you talk to her as this soul who you've known for lifetimes? Well, that's a good question. Um, I hadn't thought about it, but it was really, I have that awareness of her as soul and being together for many different lifetimes because we, in a lot of our work, that has come up. So I know she's been my mother. She's been my, my brother, uh, you know, my husband, uh, different lifetime, different experiences. So there's a really kind of a wealth of, of background there to work with. You know, but it, this is really all about, you know, the present and dealing with, you know, here's what's going on. That's why I say you know, initially when I started uh, communicating with her, she was smiling at me in, in amusement because she's just, you know, like, oh, you know, that is just so cute. So, you know, we can we can do this, you know, and, and I think that's why she responded 
it's like, you know, spirit decides what you integrate into the body physically and use. And I think that's what she was doing. She was she was starting to realize it, it's going to be OK. You know, and I think that was the biggest help, even though her cognitive abilities were really uh, digressing very quickly toward the end. All right. Well, I am going to look at the comments over here. I put my glasses on because people are watching live. Some of you will be watching this after we post it. But if any of you have any questions about this journey, specific questions for Lee, you could type them in the comments section and I'll ask him. Here's a woman who says she's looking after her mother with dementia, needed to hear your story because she's struggling looking after both her parents without help. So that's beautiful. Yeah. Let's see, anything else? Okay, I'll see if any pop up here. Meanwhile, Julie passed. How long ago was that, Lee? That was back in uh, February. Um, it was interesting because her brother and his wife came and helped with, when she was in hospice, I could not go visit her because I was still in the hospital and on oxygen even when I went home afterwards. And the hospice was like an hour and a half drive and it just, it didn't work to be on oxygen and try to go. So, yeah. you know, that bothered me a lot, but I still had the, you know, the knowledge of, yes, I could still communicate with her and see what, what's happening. I also realized too, um, you know, there was a lot of karmic completions going on with, between Julie and her family. Uh, early on, you know, back when she was uh, in uh, early stages, I was trying to keep it from her father in particular, who is now 95, um, and, you know, from her family, because I thought, well, why, why burden them with that? But I realized that's silly because, you know, they can be of help here, but they also have their karmic agreements to work through. And I, I have no, nothing to do with any of that. So I backed out, you know, it's like one of those things is I have no control here. So why worry about it? Yeah. And it's that's just, when you can go soul to soul and just send them love and send the whole situation love and trust that angels are looking out for us, calling them for help and trust that all is well at the soul level. We know we're already complete. The soul is fine. Yeah. That's another thing, Lee, that, that I, I assure people all the time because I've heard this from so many souls who have passed. They appear angry. They appear uncomfortable and, and nervous and fearful, but the soul is not. Yeah, that was the that was the big change, I think, for me, too, is being able to see, especially you know, toward the end when she was coming into the hospital room and you know, as an angel, as a warrior queen, she was having the time of her life, even though her body was in, you know, basically respiratory failure at the time. So, you know, you just have to go with where you are and re realize if you're communicating soul to soul, you're going to get the purest information, regardless of what's happening. It's like you're straddling two different worlds, really trying to, to make everything work. Yeah. You know, it was a, actually, another incident that happened, not so much with Julie, but when I was in with COVID, myself. Uh, one night in particular, I was having a lot of problems breathing. And so I asked for some angel help. And I got connected with uh, Archangel Raphael, oh, who nice. is a healing angel. And he came into and it created this. It's like a breathing chamber around my body. And it just it was amazing experience. It really it was like untrue, unbelievable healing. I, I was just, I forgot about that, but you know, something you said sparked that. It's like, no, there are always angels there to help. We just, all we have to do is ask. Yeah. Wow. You're such a beautiful example of this because uh, most of the people, I would say at least 85% of the people that, that attend my webinars are women and the, the men, I know they know in their hearts, this is real. They're just, just a little bit hesitant to step out there and you just dive right in and look at the results. Well, that's the thing I would encourage people to look at is like there are ways to make this work for you. And really, all I mean, yeah, it's, for some people it means changing their, their BS, you know, their belief systems a lot, you know. But that's the reality of it. It's like, no, you don't, you know, if you don't believe, then it's not going to work for you. But I would encourage you to, right. you know, research it, study it, uh, you know, look at changing your beliefs because there are ways to make this happen. Beautiful. 
Well, anybody who wants to read the story, you did a beautiful blog entry about it on your website. You want to tell us about that site? Yes, it's uh, uh, OneMinuteTherapist.com, and it's all spelled out, you know, a lot of rather long, but um, it's also part of a, a book that I wrote, which has nothing to do with Alzheimer's, but it, you know, the blog basically was my experience with Julie and not even as much detail as, as we've gotten into, but it was the, you know, here's, here's what I discovered basically, you know, thanks to, to Suzanne and, and, you know, the work that you're doing. And it's like, I took it and I was able to make it work in, in my situation, which gave me, you know, a profound sense of peace, even as bad as things got toward the end. It's like, you know, I, I am comfortable that I was doing everything I could. I kept my promise to her. Uh, that that meant more to me than anything, really. Oh, and to her, she just filled me with goosebumps. She says, I love you forever. Beautiful. I feel like your rings are together. Your rings are together. Now, she, hang on a second. So she continues on clearly. I know you know that. How has she communicated since she passed just last February? Well, she drops in on me every so often. I mean, I, I usually laughing at me because I'm, you know, doing something. I was cooking dinner one night and had the music turned up blaring and just dancing around the kitchen because it's what I like to do. Nice. And she pops in and she's just laughing, you know, uh, joining in in a way, you know, enjoying the, enjoying the moment. Is everybody um, paying attention? Because I know we have a lot of people in grief. His wife passed in February of this year. This is when we're filming this right now. It's September 1st and you're dancing and your wife drops in on you. It's beautiful. Well, you know, the thing is, uh, because I knew, you know, what the final outcome was, was going to be eventually. I mean, I had a lot of years to do an anticipatory grieving, which, you know, yeah. as a therapist, I know that's important. I also thought, okay, I got it covered. Well, I still get triggered by stuff. I mean, it's amazing to me how many times I, I'll just, I'll break down and start crying for no reason. But I know that's the physical part of me letting go of, th of stuff. And it might not all even be connected to, you know, Julie's passing, but it's all the grief that I've ever collected my whole life. So it's a great cathartic experience just to go with it. And I know that's what it is. It's just unbelievable how good it feels when you allow that. And that's what people have to do. You have to allow yourself to grieve. Are you all listening? I mean, that was profound right there, right? Here he is dancing one minute, crying the next and says, I'm releasing stuff. And it could be about Julie or it could not be. But just feel it. It's cathartic. Well, it all rolls together. You know, we, we bottle up emotions a lot. And, you know, that's the, that's the filters we put on ourselves. So, yeah, and that's what I experienced with this is, okay, I'm, I'm letting go of a lot of stuff here. And just dancing helps, you know, crying and going with it. And usually when I, you know, I'll go through a crying jag and then I'll start laughing. You know, I'll just start laughing because... Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's exactly what I need to be doing at this point in time. Wow. Beautiful. Julie just put a ball cap on your head. She's here in spirit. Put a ball cap on your head. It's like there's some concern about something on your skin here. I don't know if you've noticed it, a little mole or something. Yeah, I've, I've had a lot of skin cancer removed, and I have another another uh, piece that's going to have to be removed at some point. I've had a lot of skin cancer taken off my face. So right. this isn't my, it's not my real face. So <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not any of our real face, is it? That's the point of this whole show. These are costumes. They're costumes. And, and, and as my dear beloved friend, Lynette calls them meat suits. So Julie shed hers, but she's right here and just giving you a great big hug right now. And I wish I could reach through and, and hug you too. reach through the, the screen here. And on behalf of everybody, I've noticed just tremendous comments of gratitude for sharing your story. It's it's a whole new way of looking at dementia. And I wish this video would go viral because people need to know the soul is fine. And you did your own experiments and discovered a way to bring peace, comfort, and healing to your partner while she was going through that to your wife. I said partner because I want... Wives to know if your spouse is having dementia. I want children to know if your parents have dementia. You can go into an expanded state of awareness like Lee showed us, connect heart to heart and talk to their soul. What did you tell her soul while you were in that state? 
Well, a lot of it was just making that connection and asking her, what can I do for her? You know, initially it was just sending unconditional love, accepting where she is, even though at times she was so aggravating. It's like, all I want to do is run away from home. <laughs> but I, I know, you know, obviously that's not the right response, but it, you know, it's real too. It's that's human. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, I was up front with, okay, you know, I know I said this, I did that, you know, obviously I didn't mean to do that. You know, how can I, what can I do here? And I didn't get a lot of response initially. Like I said, she was mostly amused by the whole thing, which that was okay too, you know, but it, it made the thing that changed was her, her physical behavior. She was obviously more happy and more content uh, than she'd ever been before. So I was good with that. Um, if she didn't want to, you know, didn't want to say exactly one thing or another, that was okay too. But um, I was trying to be receptive to what she needed and, you know, anticipate what she was needing throughout the day. Uh, that's the other thing was, you know, just trying to keep her safe. Um, but the beautiful thing though is how reciprocal it is when you send healing to someone else you too are healed so through your own efforts to bring her peace and calm and healing i know that had a positive effect on you as well everybody listening <laughs> well that's that's the thing that made a difference for me personally was you know i, I felt like I, I have something i can use here that's you know not meant to control or manipulate as i said earlier it's like no this is my sincere desire to be able to make her not be afraid. That was that was really what I was trying to get at was to take take her fear away because I could see her going through that. And, and that how just, did you feel afterwards? Well, I just you know, I felt wonderful. You know, I really just you know it, it's you're dealing with the you know the real soul connection of feeling that love between us. But at the same time, too, dealing with the physical reality of, you know, cognitive abilities declining, personal care declining, self-care declining. You know, all these things were happening that you just have to deal with it physically. The thing, the, the thing is, in addition to everything we've said, the, the point is in doing this practice, this regular practice of connecting with your wife soul to soul through her dementia, you are in conscious awareness. You both are so much more than this story and the drama. You're, you're, moving, you're moving beyond it. You're going above it. You're setting aside. That's the respite that most caregivers don't get. Well, that's a, that's a good point, Shazam, because that really was, that was my only refuge, really, was, you know, that knowledge of this is how I can make this work for, for us in a positive way, you know, and still be able to take care of her at home, which was becoming more and more challenging. You know, and I was, that's really was my biggest fear was, you know, what's going to happen when I can't do that? And of course, when we both got COVID at the same time, Okay, you know, it had to be going to the hospital because I couldn't care for her the way that she needed to be taken care of. Well, so that's when I knew, you know, this was not going to work. I know that everybody agree would agree you were an angel to her, and now she's your angel, and she's right here. I want to encourage everybody to go to Lee's website. Here's the address: oneminutetherapist.com. Just how do they find that specific blog post about your journey with Julie? References, uh, actually, I think it was the last post I did. So references, uh, communicating with Alzheimer's patients, spirit to spirit. Beautiful. Well, I want to thank you so much for uh, for joining us today. It's, it's such a gift to everybody who probably is astounded like I am that, that you you just dove right in. You found an alternate solution that is the solution to all of our challenges, recognizing that we are souls here and now and if we just shift beyond the drama to the soul level solutions arise and then not forgetting to call on what i call the a team above the guides the angels and they come through for us so thank you i have you to thank for that for the you know the couple nudges in there that pushed me in that direction too so i am eternally grateful for that we're all part of one big web, Lee, including everybody that's joined us today. Thank you all so much. And just go spread ripples and share this information with others because we really need it. Lee, you take care. And everybody, thank you so much for joining us this, uh, this hour. We'll be back with more guests and more Q&A sessions. And just go out there and spread that unconditional love that Lee so beautifully modeled for us today. Thank you all so much. We'll see you back next time. 
I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.